Welcome to Mickey Movies is Hard, a podcast about the everyday struggles of being an independent filmmaker. I'm Mark Bissell. And I'm Alex Kellerman. Woo! This week we're hey. excited to welcome Alex Kellerman to the show. That's me. Yeah. Hi, everybody. Hey. Uh, <laughs> do you remember the episode number you were on? <sighs> no. It's like Sorry, probably... Sorry, I... <laughs> No. Uh, <laughs> I should have looked it up before It's we... probably like episode 60 or something stupid like that, like a long time ago. Yeah. I, th- I think it was it actually... came on so high. Yeah, I think it was the year ender of the first year, or right around that time. You're talking about the episode where I was on for a few minutes. Yeah, the one where you like yeah. we, we we heard from you and a few other listeners. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought you had a very passionate um, little segment that, that oh, you came on to, and uh, you know part of, that's part of the reason why I thought you'd be a good choice for this. And I mean, also just because uh, you know you have a lot of opinions and. Uh, I think you're, you sound interested. And I'm a friend of the show, of you and Timothy. Yeah, you're, you're a friend of the show. I know you both. Absolutely. I would say that's accurate. I'm sorry. What's going to happen? What's going to happen? Oh, your phone? Those little dings. You need to just silence your phone, bro. It's my computer. Oh, you can silence that too. I, I, I can't turn off the sounds <laughs> without turning off everything. Mm. Anyways. Um. Anyways. So, yeah, uh, Kellerman, do you like Alex or Kellerman or both? Well, I happen to work with a lot of Alexes, uh, so I generally uh, go by Kellerman. Some people even know me as Kel in the assistant oh, really? world, for short, yeah. Um, Kel, really? <laughs> yeah, it's not my favorite nickname. Well, I much Kel- prefer Kel-El. Kellerman. Yeah, would sure. You, would, you, would you be like, okay, well, if you're going to call me Kel, you have to call me Kel-El? Well, but that's inaccurate, isn't it? Cal-El? Oh, right. <laughs> well, shit, Kellerman, make me look like an idiot with my favorite character. Cal. Yeah, come on, man, you're the DC guy. Kel L. I always thought it was Kel, but I guess it is Cal. Cal L. Cal L. It is Cal L. You're right. I know. And Jor L. And Jor L. There's a bunch of other L's. That's a different there. podcast, though. Oh yeah, most <laughs> definitely. So yeah, so for people who don't know you, who haven't listened to that episode, um, which is probably a lot of people, because I know yeah, we have probably. new new listeners. Um, yeah, what's your background, man? Uh, give us the one. Oh, actually, I don't even know where you're from, to be honest. I just know that you've been in LA for about ten years, but I don't know where you were from before that. Yeah, so I grew up in North Carolina. Shout oh, out to damn. any listeners out there. We we have a <laughs> few. We do. Um, what's his name? Uh, Kevin Kidd is that his name? I'm getting that wrong. It's maybe oh, it's Kevin Alec. Kidd. You you can't get the listeners' names wrong. Hey, well, he's been on the show <laughs> also twice. Oh, um, so I should know Kevin. I think it's Kevin Kidd. If it's not Kevin Kidd, I apologize. But it's <laughs> well, anyways, it's whoever you like are. That. Actually, I don't think it, I don't think it's. <laughs> Two Ks. <laughs> he knows who who he is. Um, yeah, that yeah, guy he's out, out there. there. <laughs> I think North Carolina. I think there's another North Carolina person that I was interacting with. Uh, recently. Yeah, we're around. There's a couple of us hanging yeah. around trying to make so, movies. So, did you go to college out there too? Yeah. Well, uh, so I went to a little technical community college out there, and then uh, I had a friend who was going to the North Carolina School of the Arts, and I sort of like piggybacked on his education I, I had him teach me how to write a screenplay while he was taking screenplay writing classes ah. uh, but I, I grew up doing musical theater and doing a lot of like stage stuff uh, and through doing so I realized I hated the stage and wanted to be you know work in film oh wow and so I was I was acting and then I kind of fell in love with writing 
through that that's a whole other story but um so i started writing and i learned how to write a screenplay and once i had a screenplay uh, I had enough money to like finish my bachelor degree or, or my associate's degree rather uh, and uh, or I could just move out here <laughs> and so I had the opportunity to come out here and I took it uh, wait I'm, so you I'm didn't finish school you dropped did out not finish school and you I came did. out here wow dropped out of school came out here didn't know anybody didn't have a job lined up just had a little chunk of cash uh wow and and, and, and one and script a friend of a, a, a my friend's brother yeah and a script wow. one of course script. when i got out here i since i didn't have anything else to do i wrote like three more oh nice awesome uh, but I was, I was just writing all the time basically so what year is this that you moved out to los angeles oh jesus uh 2006 oh wow yeah so it's been so it's been a minute it was the end of 2006 <laughs> which uh, some people m might know and or might not know was right before the writer's strike of 2007. Yeah. Uh, which I did not know. So when I first moved out here, I was, I, I, I happened to meet someone in the story department at Paramount Pictures and they read my writing and they liked it and they hired me to do a rewrite uh, just for the ending of a script that they had optioned. And then... They liked my rewrite of the ending so much they asked me to just rewrite it from page one. And uh, that turned into, you know, they were going to start going out to actors and introducing me to oh, agents wow. and managers. It's and a, yeah, it was really dream. promising. Yeah, wow. right? Uh, and then right, the writer right strike the happened. <laughs> wow. So what did so so that mean for your project? But what did that mean well, for your project? So the project was killed. And um, everybody that I had met in the process left the business completely either went Holy back home or went shit. back to school or changed professions wow. or whatever um and i don't know how many people remember that time or saw it from this side but that was when we got an influx of reality television unscripted tv yeah. shows because they didn't need writers for that and uh you know that's also when the industry focus shifted into um unoriginal ip is not really the correct term probably right. but but like sequels and prequels and like, that's like when that big boom happened where we just started rebooting everything right. stemmed from that taking old scripts wow uh, and revamping them rather than than buying new ones. Wow, yeah, we had a guest on um, probably eight episodes ago now or six episodes ago who spoke about this very thing. She uh, really, K Katie Johnson. Yeah, she she graduated and, and moved to LA at the same time. Yeah, right during the the writer's strike, I think, or either during. Yeah, I think right during, and so it, it really it sucked tough. for her. And like, who who saw that coming? Right, just had bad timing. Right, and so she she was originally wanting to you know was doing writing, and that was like her thing and then she ended up acting more because of the writer's strike and then you know she was <laughs> right. always working on her acting or writing yeah. the whole time but she had like way more acting credits in the beginning because of right. that and other you know just it's really hard to you know to sell a script and to get something made you know it takes forever um 100 
Yeah, so it was interesting, but yeah, especially when there's a writer's strike going on. Yeah, yeah, it's impossible. <laughs> if, if I was to move to Los Angeles, I probably would have moved a little bit later than that. I would have moved in 2009. Was probably when I would have done it. Yeah, well, but, you know, hindsight's 2020. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, <laughs> I didn't move. Me too. Obviously, right, right. Um, so okay, but so, yeah, so but uh, I did the same thing. Honestly, when when the writer's strike when that all first started, I started doing background acting. And I got all my SAG vouchers, so I'm SAG eligible from that. Um, oh wow! But nice. ultimately, that didn't really pay the bills, so uh, I ended up going back to my job uh, that I had had back in North Carolina at Blockbuster. Uh, Wait, so I in, was, in in Los Angeles? Yeah, yeah. So I was oh, managing wow. the Blockbuster at Hollywood and Western, which is like the main. Hollywood area. Wow. And I was held up at gunpoint there, and then they moved me to oh. Culver City. Wow. And then, yeah. And then, uh, we all know what happened to Blockbuster. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, so, it, so it, uh, yeah. they closed my store. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and just everybody was fired. Wow. And then, uh, so then I got my job at Apple. Oh, wow, Genius Bar? Uh, I didn't work at the Genius Bar. I was a business specialist, so I was like, uh, okay, if you were a company... Switching from PC to Mac, you probably dealt with me. Uh, I also dealt with like a lot of like celebrities because I was in Topanga. I was at oh, the Topanga store, so wow, uh, in Woodland Hills. So lots what was of... your most fun celebrity that you helped with uh, a Mac issue? <laughs> I mean, some people I still have relationships with, but uh, I am a big like Star Trek nerd. I grew up uh, with Star Trek was my thing, so I've helped nice. uh, Jonathan breaks oh uh, boy yeah nah, that must have been great yeah oh amazing and brett spiner oh uh, wow and yeah 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 so and they all just live out there they all go to yeah. that topanga uh yeah, yeah. you know stevie wonder store. was a big one. Oh, wow we helped we, we we helped him a lot oh wow that's awesome sinbad used to come in a lot we had a lot of like regular celebrities wow crazy um yeah howie mandel was like I was pretty cool with. Did, did you get to shake <laughs> his hand? <laughs> uh, he doesn't shake hands. I know, I know. I <laughs> did you fist? Did you, did he, does he do the fist bump? He does the fist bump, right? Yeah. Well, we just don't. I, I don't even reach out to him. I know right. that he doesn't you, like yeah. that, so I just don't even bother. Yeah, you don't make him uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, it's a good move. Good move. Yeah, uh, but you know, I mean, Howie Mandel influenced our childhood, probably. Oh, if, sure. if you're a similar age as mine, as me. Bobby's World, baby. Bobby's World. He was a voice on the Muppet Babies. Yeah. He, oh, yeah. I mean, he did. He did a lot back. Then. Okay, so you you Sorry. like really like breezed over something that I think a lot of <laughs> listeners would really love to know. It's okay. like, all right, sorry, how, let's go back. How, how did you get the story person at Paramount to read your work? And how did met her at a party? You met her at a party. Wow, that's why just, I breezed over it. It was really just, that simple. Just a random party. Absolutely, yeah. The the one guy that I knew here, first of all, and I didn't even really know him before we moved. Before I moved in with him out here. Uh, he had been out here for a year. He was my wow. friend's brother. Wow. That, that's the opportunity, quote unquote. That wow. he, It was like, my brother has been living out there and needs a roommate. So I was like, sign me up, baby. Let's go. Wow. Uh, so, so then this party, like, how do you meet this woman? Just randomly? Just like, hey, how you doing? Or was it like... Yeah, I'm like a personable guy. Yeah, I know that. <laughs> I go to parties <laughs> and I meet people. <laughs> uh, nice. Yeah. You know, okay. I, I try to leave parties uh, knowing more people than I did when I got there. Yeah, that, that's, but, that's probably a pretty good thing to do. Yeah, I yeah. mean, that's just the general practice of uh, making friends. And, and, you know, to be fair, it's not like I'm 
going out every night looking for new friends. I just, you know, I was new in town and I, you know, right. looking right, right. for people. Uh, yeah. But I happened to meet somebody who worked in the story department at Paramount and mentioned I was a writer and, she, you know, she was like, oh, wow. I'll read something. She didn't like That's the script, awesome. but she thought that I had, you know, I could write. So, so then um, from this moment moving forward, did you get any, like, film job of any kind at this no, point no. Uh, between this, this then and apple store between that and the apple store yeah well i i mean i was living in los angeles so like i said i was doing background acting on like oh, major background. tv and film nice um and then i was also you know i pa'd on you know for free on films oh. if i could afford to how, how did you get your pa work just from friends and people that you met not even from freaking craigslist back then i don't oh, know how so common just, it is to really jump on craigslist right yeah okay. but I, I mean we're talking about i was working for free right it wasn't you know yeah you don't find legitimate jobs on craigslist but you can did, probably find somebody looking for free labor did you jump did any of those free labor jobs turn turn into real jobs or other bigger things or do well, they all just kind of so not directly so obviously when i was on my so the first film I worked on was called Wednesday again, and it was a low budget, I want to say $100,000 feature. Um, nice. And that was a great learning experience. I'd never been on a, you know, I'd never been on a film set in Los Angeles. Uh, it was a small production. It was ground level. And I had a lot of big ideas about, you know, oh, I'll rub elbows with the producers because it's a small set, you know, the director, blah, blah, blah. And I became friendly with all those people, but they don't, even if I had I, I, had, I uh, even if I had built a really strong relationship, you know, that, I don't think that we ended up making the same types of movies or uh, right, well, the same well, tastes in the end. Yeah, there's only so much those people can do for a new person, anyways. <laughs> for nobody, yeah, sure. Yeah, and I mean, like maybe you'll get lucky and they'll be inspired to want to like do something with you. But you know, every experience I've had in that kind of category, it's like. You know, you got to work your way up to that, right? <laughs> you know, obviously, and, unless they become like your best friend, which of course, which wasn't know, the case. However, right? However, working on that one film, I made two very good friends. Uh, one was a PA with me, and the other was doing uh, Crafty. And it turns out, nice. <clears throat> the guy doing Crafty wanted to be a writer. The other guy just wants to be a producer, filmmaker. And, you know, the guy who wanted to be a producer filmmaker, a good friend of mine, Clint Brandell, he, uh, as he ended up getting me a number of jobs. We lived together for a couple years. We, he, we worked together on the Jimmy Kimmel live show and Mind and Sia and a ton of shows together. And then, um, the guy who did, who was on crafty, um, one was an aspiring writer, and we just kind of stayed in touch, and we're, we we were friends for a really long time. And now he's writing the current Army of Darkness comic book that's coming out. Oh wow! Out. <laughs> yeah, excellent. And, and so, like, um, yeah, I don't I don't know where I was going with that. But, but well, the point I was saying was that I may not have directly gotten a job, the job that I wanted. You know, I may not have taken the next step up from that job, but I I met people who encouraged me to continue doing what I was doing and, you know, and, and who got me work. 
at various points in my life. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I was going to say, like, you know, that just goes to show you you should never turn down a free job because um, you never know what's going to happen from it and the people you're going to meet and where that's going to lead. And I've, Oh, you yeah, know, you never know. I, I had that, that, because of that movie, I had Thanksgiving with the Arquettes. Oh, wow. <laughs> insane. Which is just insane. Yeah, you, wow. you never know what kind of story you're going to, to come out with. Wow. Or like what you're going to learn. I learned a lot on that. Yeah. Low budget film set. And you yeah, see things totally. that you don't even know, you know, until later on, you're like, oh, that's not how that's supposed to go down. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, I mean, I did lots of free work when I first got started uh, in the Bay Area. Yes, yeah, so you must you know. know. Yeah, got me jobs and, you know, I, I know people from those early jobs too, you know. Absolutely. Um, and yeah, they just... You've been in, the, just, in the trenches together. Yeah, it all comes around uh, one way or another, basically. No question. Um, okay, so you're at the Apple Store. You're hobnobbing with celebrities. How, how many years right, into LA right. okay, are you? Are, okay. Is this now? Is, is this so, like three years in? Four years in? Okay, hold on. Let, let's let's see here. So the writer strike happened after a year, and then I was doing like background acting, freelancing for like a year. Then I ran out of money. Blockbuster was like two, three years. So we're like five years into LA now. Wow. Okay. I transitioned to working at Apple. And mind you, this whole time I'm just writing features, and I I have nobody to give them to. <laughs> I tell people that I write them, them. yeah, but yeah. I mean, who? I don't know anybody, right? Right. So I'm just writing and working and hoping one day someone asks to read one of them, you know. And uh, then it's through working at Apple. So growing up in North Carolina, I didn't have many friends who were like interested in filmmaking. Um, so I've always been sort of self-motivated in that respect. Okay. And it was at Apple was the first time that I met a, a group of people who were like, Hey, why don't you write something that we could make this weekend? Uh, and so wow. that was, that's the, a big, that's a big thing. It was, I had never, it, the thought had never even crossed my mind. And this is obviously going to date me a little bit, but you know, in 2006, when I first moved out here, YouTube was not a platform, right. you know, <laughs> I mean, Instagram didn't exist. There was no Snapchat. Right. Uh, Facebook was the newest, hottest thing, and it didn't have high resolution video, <laughs> you know, right. uh, and, uh, you know, there were no, you know, obviously cameras, I had a handy cam and like, it wasn't, right. it, it wasn't, wasn't what, what it is now. Five years yeah. later, we've got you know, 5D cameras and yeah, all my friends have equipment that we can shoot with and shit. Yeah, exactly. Um, so that was the first time that someone was like, let's shoot something that we can actually like make. So I wrote a movie called a little five minute short film called Tuck It Like a Man, uh, which has recently been taken <laughs> down because it's not woke. And, oh, uh, <laughs> wait. <laughs> oh, so they you, you took it down or they no, or the no, filmmakers the took it down? The director uh, oh. played a gay guy in it, and I think he's embarrassed about his portrayal. And did he did he quote that to you that it's not woke, and that's why he took it down? No, no, he that's completely me. He oh, okay, <laughs> he didn't. We haven't <laughs> talked about it. I just saw that it was down, oh, that's and just funny. assumed that. <laughs> I think it's pretty easy to assume right. why. Right, that makes um, sense. <laughs> so, but but we made it, and it turned out pretty good, and <laughs> it was very encouraging. So. We made another one, and that one did not turn out well, and never came out, and the sound was all messed up, and the wow. footage never got fully edited. Wow. Uh, yeah, and then um, I've I've worked on those. Yeah, those of course, of it happens. Yeah. Uh, it happens. You know, hey, the shooting it is sometimes the easiest part. 
Not always. Well. But sometimes shooting is the easiest I mean, part. And depends then on who it, you are. <laughs> getting it finished. Well, it depends on the project. Right. So, I mean, it depends on what the project is, right? If it's just like two people talking, then that's not so bad. But if it's like, you know, a sci-fi movie. Right. You can just sit down and shoot it. Yeah. When we did the, uh, you know, Roommate Wanted, we invite a friend over and we shoot, you know, I write right. the script and we freaking, we just shoot it in a day at my apartment. Right. Done. Yeah. Shooting is the easiest part. Then... It, you know, six months of like, uh, is this the right music for this part of it? And, you know. Right. The agonizing <laughs> the, over every frame. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. That, you know, that's sound effect isn't right. Right. Um, and uh, so, you know, it just it just depends on the project. But OK, so you're still at the Mac store. You're five years in. How do you get out of the Apple store? What happens? OK, so. I start making short films with the people who are encouraging me to make short films, right? Those people are this one guy, Osvaldo Cuevas, great guy, uh, who uh, I think he's a DJ now. He, he, he does uh. not do film at all anymore. Wow. The other two were Aaron Shanky, uh, who created Bat in the Sun, ah. and who I started helping him uh consulting on his show superpower beatdown which became very popular on youtube and i still work oh, with yeah. this day oh yeah uh and the other person i met there was alex lewis ah. who was doing comedy music videos and who he and i started making comedy short films and web series together wow and alex lewis's father is a producer or at the time was a producer on the show dexter oh wow which when when dexter ended and he started working on a new show called The Brink for HBO. <laughs> Alex Lewis and I, we were making films and he was like, would you ever consider being like a writer's assistant on a show or a writer's PA? And I was like, hell yeah. And leave Apple, of course. How do you think I'm going to like get into the industry if I don't <laughs> right. get into the industry? So he helped me. He, he, his father got, it, got me the job. As a writer's BA on the brink, and and did the brink ever come out and was a thing? Or so season one came out. I got hired right after season one when they started writing season two, and season two got canceled before it ever shot, before before they ever filmed it. Wow! So how many weeks did you work on that? Oh, I worked on it for almost nine months. Oh wow! In the in the, the writing part of a year, yeah. In the, yeah, the pre-production phase, wow. well, they spent three months writing the Bible. And then we waited a month basically to get it approved and then it didn't get approved and they like fired a couple writers and brought a bunch of new writers in and we completely redid it all, which was another like month or two. Wow. And then they started writing episodes and then we got canceled. Wow, that's crazy. So you must have lit a shit ton in that uh, era. That I did. You know, phase of your career. Yeah, it was incredible. Uh, it was the first time that I had been in the writer's room of a television show, obviously. So uh, I learned a lot. And a lot of what I learned is things like, you know, I learned like writer's PA stuff, writer's assistant stuff, you know, stuff like don't talk and you know, <laughs> don't fuck up the lunch order. Um, but no, you, you, I learned a lot about how the show is built and how they build a story Bible and the hierarchy of the writer's room and how you have the showrunner, head writer, and then the, you know, how everything works, basically. Someone so, showed me the ropes. I got real lucky, I feel like. Oh, uh, I mean, I feel like anybody who gets in who doesn't have a prior connection uh, and is able to land one of these jobs is like, you, you get, hopefully you have somebody who shepherds you in and kind of shows you the ropes. So did you do any of those things? Did you talk 
too much in the beginning or anything like that? Oh, I'm sure I did. Nobody has ever said anything negative about my work performance, luckily. But I'm sure... I'm sure I overstep that boundary every once in a while. That's funny. I make an ass out of I can make an ass out of myself with the best of them. Oh yeah, me too. So, <laughs> so after that, so when that ended, uh, what next? So you you quit your job at at Apple. Now you have no job after this show gets canceled. Right. Now, so now that, what do you do? That was the biggest lesson, <laughs> honestly. Uh, what really scares me about television is the uncertainty of the length of your job. Um, so. Luckily, (laughs) after that ended, I that producer that had brought me onto that show got work on another show and he brought me onto that show. So what show is that? So when that show, so when the brink ended, the producer who had brought me onto the brink uh, moved over and started working on Goliath, the Billy Bob Thornton show on Amazon. Ah, yes, indeed. Yeah, so he hired me knowing that I was out of a job and taking pity on me. He hired me to be Billy Bob Thornton's driver. Oh yeah. You talked about this a little bit, (laughs) right? Which is completely random. In fact, the only car accident I had ever been in in Los Angeles was with Billy Bob Thornton in the car. Wow. That you got into an accident with somebody. I know the odds. What are the odds? What did did he say when you get, when you got an accident? He's like, what the hell are you doing boy? No, no. He, (laughs) I narrowly avoided it. Might've, it would have been much worse had I not been the, excellent driver that i am. oh you avoided he, it we got we got t-boned in an intersection but oh had wow I, had i not sort of veered out of the way they would have hit him directly oh uh, wow in, instead they hit the rear of my car so you saved his life is what you're telling me i mean you know yeah let's put that out there that's amazing that's a great story so how long theoretically i'm also who put his life in jeopardy but <laughs> right yeah I well mean... who, that's semantics who cares <laughs> you know um, um, but he was fine everyone was fine that was its own learning experience. You know, obviously I could talk for days about getting to talk to Billy Bob Thornton about, you know, he's an Oscar winning writer, director, and actor. All yeah. the things that I would love to do. Oh, absolutely. So how long did you drive him for? That was only for th- two months, two and a half months. Oh, okay. And then, and then that job ended? Maybe three months. It feels like forever when you're spending day in, day out. Oh, for yeah. Like 20 hours a day. Oh, of course. Especially when it's Billy Bob Thornton. I mean, my God. My uh, whatever, five weeks or six weeks with Val Kilmer, I felt like I learned a lot (laughs) in that time Yeah, from that guy. (laughs) Well, you see life from a completely different perspective. Yeah, it's kind of insane. You you see how people get, how he treats people, how people treat him. Yeah, You know, it's its own thing. He has his own bubble and... When you work with someone that closely, you kind of are in that bubble. With yeah, them. if however briefly. Even you know. no matter how briefly. You're hearing conversations that you would never usually hear. You're getting invited to things that you would never usually get invited to. You know, you're going places you would never usually be. Yeah, yeah. And on top of it, we're going to work on a freaking show filming all over Los Angeles. You know, it was cool. So you're like seven years in at this point now, right? After yeah, yeah, eight, eight, even eight years in. And so, and now what? Now are you just a freelance like assistant? Is that what you're doing now, or well, what, I'm what's, what's happening? I guess at this point. So, so that went on hiatus uh, while Billy Bob went to shoot Bad Santa Two. And during the hiatus is when I kind of really learned what PA, what, what like freelance PA life is like. So like people that I had met who were PAing on Goliath started calling me and, and telling me that they had jobs on other shows. Could I come day play on, you know, Jay Leno's garage or come play right. on this, you know, for whatever, for a day or two. 
Nice. So I was doing that for a little while. Mostly commercials and smaller, you know, smaller gigs. Um, and certainly not frequently enough to really like make a living out of it. It was certainly right. a temporary sort of situation. And, and what then, year is this now? Is this like 2013, 2014? This is or? 2015 now. Okay, sweet. Nice. And then at, um, the, at, the, at the beginning of 2016 is when my f- <laughs> is when my friend got me the job at the picture company where I work now. Wow. And that was just like a friend recommendation thing. You interviewed thing. and you got it. Got, yeah. I had a friend whose cousin grew up with who is now a big time producer. And that guy told my friend that he needed a new assistant. And my friend was like, oh, I know a guy. Wow. There you go. And I had no, and again, again, totally lucky. I had no assistant experience whatsoever. I I mean, you you had the the writer's assistant. Yeah, but that's not, that's not the same thing at all. Yeah, but (laughs) but doesn't it count? Because it's like you have that sort like you've been in those kinds of rooms. Well, sure. I've been in the industry. Yes. I mean, you drove Billy Bob Thornton. I mean, you can, you can work with some producers, (laughs) you know? Right. But that, what I'm saying is like in corporate America, you know, like in retail, those jobs would have nothing to do with getting the next job. <laughs> like right. They're not in the same field, really. Right, right. But in entertainment, it sort of falls into this like, oh, well, you've, you know, obviously you're able to be in the presence of a celebrity without freaking out. Yeah. And, you know, it shows like a, a whole different set of skills. Even though they're not exactly the skills yeah. required for the job that I do now. Well, well, you know that's how I got uh, my Francis Ford Coppola job was the same thing. Like Francis Ford know. Coppola job. Oh yeah, you don't know about what? this movie I worked oh, on. Oh no, I don't know about your Francis Ford Coppola movie job. What are you talking oh, about? So oh I oh was... no oh you didn't hear about that one. <laughs> no, I, guess I, didn't I, I don't know. That one. I, I have you I, talked I, about I, it on the podcast? I think I have. I don't know. Oh well, then uh, never mind. <laughs> I was. Uh, I watched yeah. that episode then. I, I was a production coordinator on his last feature on Twixt. Um, and, uh, I worked on that for, gosh, I don't know, seven weeks, I guess. That's awesome. Yeah. So we did the full, the first run of, um, principal what did photography. You do on I was a production coordinator. Amazing. So I worked right under, uh, the, the unit production manager. Right. Right. That's um, awesome. Yeah, and so, and she was... Uh, That's a lot of work. Yeah, so she wasn't just the unit production manager. She, at the time, she was also his uh, personal assistant. So that was her day job, was his assistant. Wait, her? And then when she? They, Who are you talking about? The unit production manager. Gotcha. <laughs> and so when they went into do a movie, then, you know, she basically went from just being her, his assistant to also being the unit production manager right. of the movie while continuing to be his assistant yep uh throughout the whole thing so that sort of thing my, happens a lot my She's first probably day, gonna have a great career <laughs> yeah my, my first day i was like in a fucking like barn in the middle of nowhere we're shooting at some like like old <laughs> like it, it was like um like a haunted resort basically and then we were shooting at this like closed down resort that actually looked like it was haunted uh <laughs> like that that sat next to an operating golf course right so like on one side it's a golf course that's working on the other side it's this like haunted looking resort <laughs> and uh we're shooting this movie there and my first day i get to location and i'm like you know, it's freezing. There's no heater or anything. We're in this like, you know, huge, like, you know, whatever. Like it was like a church almost or like a big auditorium kind of place that, that was 
you know, not being used anymore. And that's where the production office was. And like, I was helping her with all the movie stuff. And then like, I was helping her book flights for Francis to go to like, you know, whatever oh, Baton Rouge over the, the over the weekend, you know, yeah, like to, and then calling Baton Rouge and making dinner reservations for Francis for Coppola. <laughs> yeah. Like, what the fuck is going on? This is insane. <laughs> it must be a little easier for Francis, though, because you just drop his oh, yeah. and they open up a table oh, for him, right? Oh, of course. Yeah. yeah, I mean, well, he knows. Of course, he knows the owner. And, <laughs> right, yeah. Right, that's the restaurant he goes to whenever he goes to Louisiana, whatever. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so that was, and that's, how, that's the movie I worked on with Val Kilmer. So it was like, that nice. was when I got to spend time with him and, you know, I was dealing with a lot of his issues like you know when he ran out of soap or when someone stole his soap from his uh, cottage oh, apparently and i hate it said, when that happens and he was saying that so- they were selling it on the internet and that i should check <laughs> the internet to see if there's Velcro buy my soap, soap back yeah, see if there's Bit something sold, and of course I couldn't find anybody selling <laughs> Val Kilmer soap. But he he gave me a really well. He was he was nice, but he he would give me a hard time sometimes, and maybe not by even knowing it. But yeah, he was he was a very interesting character. Um, but that was like a really fun experience for me, and you know it was so weird because it was like a you know like a big movie. But it was all self-funded by Francis, so it felt like the smallest independent movie at the same time, you know? And that was probably like my... Well, that's how movies are made now. Yeah, that was like my third or fourth feature, I guess, that I had worked on at that point. So it was like I had a tiny bit of experience in features, but not really, you know? And so it was sort of like, what the fuck? (laughs) This is weird. (laughs) But it was was super fun. Time of my life working on that thing. Yeah, no doubt. I have stories for days, of course, sure, on on, sure. the, on that project. Um, but back to you. So then, yeah. So then, now this kind of brings us up to date because you've been at the 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 is the, it the picture big picture company. the picture pump company. You've been at the picture the pi- company. <laughs> yeah, not the not the picture pumpkiny. I was gonna call the it the big picture, picture company. <laughs> the like, great the great pumpkin picture company. The, the, yeah, the great pumpkin picture company. No, exactly. Uh, I work at the picture company. I work for two. Yeah feature film producers and yeah that's what i've been doing that's what i've been doing for the last three years while i continue making short films and web series and writing features and tv pilots that uh people continue not being interested in huh. well no, i'm kidding starting to change <laughs> yeah starting no to get better come on now i'm, I'm kidding i'm kidding uh no <laughs> I, uh, I i i write things that uh, people generally are positive about but i they haven't gotten in front of the right person who can bring them to the next level. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I mean, you've had really, a lot of... That's yeah. sort of the secret is, uh, you know, uh, or... Is is that not, the secret? Not, yeah, sorry. Is that the secret? Not, let me not uh, I don't, I don't pretend know. to be able to give you any real insight, but I personally believe that who you know dictates 100% how successful you are in the business. And uh, luck... 100%? 100%. Luck 100%. And skill... And talent, uh, have have you could have all of that in the world, but if you don't know the right person, it's all for well, nothing. Well, I, I kind of believe that, but I'm not saying, but I don't think that it's only the person you know. But it is because because, even, because if you know the the right person, you definitely don't need talent or skill or any of that nonsense. Yeah, but we all know this quote unquote right person, you know, um, whatever level of right person that person is. You know, but if we don't have... Well, you never know 
who that person is going to turn yeah, out. Yeah, but to be. but if you don't have the the work or the hustle or the the ethics or the you know the backbone, well, there's or... various there's various degrees of the right. knowing the right person. Right. Like I said, if you know the really right person, it doesn't it doesn't matter. He'll just he'll give but, you work. But but how but how many people know that really right person? Not well, not, that not many. many people. But you know, I'm sure you've seen a movie that you were like, "How the fuck did this get made? It's fucking terrible." Right. Sorry, I'm I'm so sorry. I, I was doing so good about not cursing. <laughs> oh, you can curse. I'm sure no, that you no have seen movies or television shows that you're like, "How did this get on the air? Who who right. spent money on this?" Right. The answer is they had a friend. Then <laughs> it, right. it didn't matter how good or bad the script was. They had a friend who would make it anyway. Well, yeah, or you know, whoever has the, the is in the decision making position exactly. just doesn't doesn't care, you know. Exactly, and, and if or, you have the skill wrong, or talent, you know, you know, then sure, hopefully you don't you you don't need to know that person. You just need to know the you know maybe three degrees down. So you don't think that just if you don't know the right person and if you work hard and you and you you know commit to the craft and you do all the right things, make all the right decisions, you still think that like. You know, you, you you're not going to make it unless you know somebody who can get you in. Correct. Okay. Uh, unlo- barring the, s- the scenarios where you can completely make an impressive product yourself, if you can make an impressive product yourself, then you are the person that other people need to know. Right. But I guess in in your example, this this whole theory of yours, um, I, I'm just trying to figure out how it works because, like, so. My the producer. whole business is built on who you know. Yeah, I know that. Completely. <laughs> I don't care about that. That's not what I'm talking about right now. I'm talking about my producer, Jeffrey Allard, who I got in this movie, on my movie, mm-hmm. or whatever. He's obviously not like a huge mover or shaker or whatever, but you know, he's, he's made 14 movies, 15 movies. Absolutely. And he's going to keep on making more movies. Um, and I know him and he's my producer. Yes. Um, so by your theory, are you saying that if the alternate is successful, it's because of the person I know, Jeff? And that's. If the... you are successful in raising the funds, do you not agree it would most likely be because of him? Yeah. But I would say that. I didn't know Jeff my whole life. It wasn't like he's my cousin. No, I'm not saying you have to know somebody your whole life. No, I know, but I didn't know. I didn't know Alex Lewis my whole life. I didn't know Aaron Chunky my whole life. Right, right. That's my point, though, is that by going on your career and and working hard and making these these right decisions and putting yourself out there and putting the time and the work in, you meet the right people. So, oh yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. So, but I'm not saying, but. I'm not saying you don't have to work hard. No, but... That's only if you know that one person. <laughs> right, but the way that you're saying it is just like, it's all who you know, it's not about your hard work. But what I'm arguing is that by working hard and putting the time in and working on the craft, that you meet these people. The, like, yes, I mean... Like, like, I met Jeff... Just, well, maybe not. Well, but... but My but, first job you know, at Paramount came from a girl I met at a party. Right. But again, but under the Alex Coleman <laughs> theory, then that's because you knew that person, and you know that's who right. you know, and that's whatever. Exactly. So basically, your theory can 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 apply to everything, and doesn't is your theory isn't really a theory to me. <laughs> it's it's more of a because because if it, it, the way that you say your theory, it's like oh, it's who you know. So I have to have a an existing connection in order for this. Yeah, to you play could out write well the best me. script in that has ever been written in the history of scripts. And if you don't know somebody who can put it in front of somebody else, 
then it doesn't matter. That script is just a script. But I'd argue that now we have all the tools that we need to get the script in front of the right person, you know, through the, with, with the internet well, okay, and with, but, with screenwriting contests. But that person contests. is not going to give you the time of day unless you know them or have some sort of connection to them. My bosses, the producers that I work for, we don't accept unsolicited material. I'm sure you've heard that before. Uh, they no, first time. have relationships <laughs> with agents right. and managers and other film producers and studio heads. And those people are constantly sending them material and people you should work with and blah, blah, blah. And they don't have time for someone that's not recommended by someone right. that they know one way or another. Right. But I feel like now... With, that's the whole uh, reason you got the producer on your... To help with the alternates. Because he knows he knows people. Right. Well, yeah, I mean... And that's not a guarantee that the alternate will get made. And it's certainly not a guarantee that if it gets made, it'll be good. I mean, I think that it would be good, but... <laughs> it will will be good. Damn right. It. Sure. Bitch. If it's good, <laughs> that's because of you. But that has nothing to do with whether or not it gets made. Right. Well, I think... Bad I think, movies get made all the but time. But I think it's also now up to you whether or not your movie gets made. It's not really up to anyone else. I mean, if you're but trying to make it... that's not true. A, if it were just up to you, it would be made. If you're trying to make like a $10 million movie, then sure, then you, you can't really do that on your own unless you happen to have $10 million. But, you know... Timothy me- could raise it. No, I don't think so. <laughs> no offense to Timothy, but in his current state, I don't think he no, could raise I'm, it. I'm kidding. He, but he, <laughs> he successfully raised a lot of money. Yeah, it's true. But... He had the fire. What did that get him? Right. Well, I think that but there, there's a lot he of made arguments. a film but, but making of, the film did not lead him to meeting but, the right person right but that's but, but i feel like that has a lot to do with um you know personal um what i don't know i think personal reasons i guess well of course it does you have to be able to go out and meet people if you're gonna know people because <laughs> i feel like <laughs> when i uh, w- timothy timothy uh, i thought timothy was great at meeting people and bringing people together and he is good at meeting people yeah but i just think that he needs to he needed to love his movie in order for it to to take him to the next level and he right. didn't well, love his movie no one's, right no one is going to cheerlead your movie for you yeah you gotta be your own cheerleader and even if you don't love it you have to like you know sort of put an an, an outward air that you do love it well, positivity you know? goes a long way positivity oh, yeah, it's huge. is also infectious and i mean that's why that's what like pitching and all that is a lot of times when my bosses go and pitch new projects to studio heads and things the studio basically is waiting for them to like convince them to make something they want to make something with my boss oh yeah Uh, and it's just a matter of my bosses coming in and being like this is such an exciting opportunity as opposed to like you know timothy might go in there and be like well i made this it could be better right decide for yourself exactly uh but that's yeah. just not how you talk to someone if you want to get them excited about it right so as the assistant do you get to sit in in these meetings at studios where they're pitching stuff and do you get to not not at st- i don't go to the studios with them but a lot of times they'll have people into our right. office no you know and oh, I'm, that's I'm cool. There for those. Nice. So, what's the most challenging aspect of being an assistant to two big time producers? Booking travel. Oh, really? That's the <laughs> hardest thing. No. Uh, well, it's yeah. Not that no. Hard, then. <laughs> Honestly, I so I am in a sort of a unique situation because my company is just my two producers and me. 
So I don't have any frame of reference or I'm not able to compare myself to situations where there's like a room full of assistants. You know, I'm, I'm dealing with, a, I deal with a lot of agencies and management companies and production companies that are multiple producers or multiple agents and multiple assistants. Uh, and they have like a network of assistants and I'm sort of alone, separated from everybody. Right, Trying right. to learn as I go. Yeah. And pick things up here and there. And, uh, you know, there's like, facebook groups for us and all that but um you know the hardest thing is like uh, it depends for me i don't think there is a truly difficult you know it gets stressful when production is going and there's like a thousand things happening at once of course but is there one thing that's always stressful not really booking travel is kind of a pain in the ass and you know when you're dealing with a time difference scheduling calls and meetings can be difficult but i mean it's it's certainly it's not that difficult <laughs> it's, you know right right uh it's not it's not rocket science or brain surgery or anything it, you know for some people the hardest thing is like having a thick skin right is letting uh your boss get mad at you for something that's totally his fault and not telling him that it's right. his fault and just taking it yeah some people yeah. just can't do that. Yeah, and you kind of have to do that. I don't mind at all. They can yell at me yeah. all day. I know what's going on. I... Right. <laughs> <laughs> They're not going to fire me for it. So, you know, right. all right, you, I messed up. That's fine. I'll take the blame. Let's move on. So what does your day-to-day -day look like? Is it booking travel and booking meetings? Is that what you do? Pretty for the much? most part, set calls, book meetings. Uh, I do a lot of, like, I read a lot of scripts for my bosses. I read a lot of books. Nice. Um, and, and and what kind of coverage do you give on the scripts or do you just tell them like a pass fail type of rating it depends it depends on the project and it depends on uh again you have to realize the reason that they're reading it is it's either a like a hot property that's gonna go you know gonna be part of a big bidding war tomorrow or it's just a person that they have a relationship with that asks them to read it or right. You know what I mean? So there's all kinds of different, maybe the script fits in with something that one of my producers wants to do personally, or maybe there's a script that fits in with what our parent company would want to do so we can pass it up and, you know, maybe get it made. Uh, yeah, yeah. So there's all different reasons that things get read. So there's varying degrees of how much work I have to put in. If it's going to go out, you know, if we're considering producing it, and it's going to go out to studios, then I have to do like full coverage because we're going to send that also. Right, right, right. Um, but, you know, if it's just like my friend, you know, I know a guy who asked me to read his script, you know, take a look at it and, you know, just tell me what it's about. Right, right, right. So from doing that, what have you learned from reading these scripts? Like, do you, do you see like a big leap in quality in the writing on these big, big time projects? Or no. is it all kind of the same? No, no, it's it's all over the place. It's all over the place. I mean, generally speaking, there's a certain level of professionalism, but I still get, you know, we still occasionally get a script from a higher level person, quote unquote, who that is just like a little bit of a mess or, you know, sometimes, you know, it's it's all over the place. And and the thing about writing is that everybody has their own kind of style, even even though it's all, you know, professionally formatted. Sometimes right, right, right. I just don't understand somebody's style or they write in a certain prose. That's a little, that's a little more common in books uh, where things are just written like in a unique way. But, um, you know, it, and it's hard to glean what is good and what is bad. I hear a lot of people say, you know, read scripts so that you know what not to do. But that's such like a, 
it's such personal advice. <laughs> like you can only really decide what you like and what you don't like. Cause there's right. been plenty of times where I'll read a script and like, this is freaking terrible. And then I tell my boss about it and he's like, Oh, that's interesting. Let me read it. And he, you know, and then he sells it for, a, you know, a hundred thousand dollars. Wow. Crazy. Uh, you know, and so it's like, you never, it's, it's like, it's totally a matter of taste and trending topics in Hollywood and like, you know, that's where the timing bit that people talk about comes in is like, you know, A Quiet Place was a huge movie. So guess what sold a lot after that? Horror movies with like, yeah. you know, a handicapped sci-fi child. Horror, sci-fi horror <laughs> you know, movies, yeah. yeah. So, so, so after you've been in this job for a couple of years, do you see like a career path laid out for you in this position, like as an assistant or moving up at the company or something? Or oh, like, that's what, interesting. Um, what, what do you see at this juncture from being in this job? Well, for me personally, I had always kind of hoped that uh, you know I would get to know my boss's tastes and be able to write something in line with what they want to make, and maybe move up in a way that they produce one of my scripts that seems to get less and less likely as I continue with the company and not not because they wouldn't do that um or maybe it is because they wouldn't do that (laughs) but um I don't I have (laughs) I haven't written something yet that I think is in line with what they want to make also what they want to make has shifted and changed over the two years that I've been working there and um and ultimately, who knows? I, they they may never be able to just see past the fact that I've been their assistant. Now, right. but thinking more broadly, I think if I wanted to be a producer, that yes, this would be a wonderful opportunity for me to grow into a third producer at the company. Um, oh wow! But do you I, have interest in that? No, I no, I, I have produced wow. enough of my own short films to know that I could go my whole life without producing something else and be perfectly so, happy. So, um, have you ever had them read any of your writing ever? Yeah, so you, my okay. after a year working there, I gave them a script that I had that I had written actually the first year that I had worked there. Uh, at the end of the year, uh, they give me all kinds of praise about what a great assistant I am and how much they want me to stay. And uh, I was like, great, well, you know, I actually I finished the script this year. Would you guys mind taking a look? And they did. And the conversation we had afterwards was very short. It was, uh, you know, uh, this is funny, uh, but we don't make comedy. <laughs> and that was it. That was the whole conversation. Wow. No, no like, oh, well, I know this person over in this nope. place who might be interested in No, it, or, and, oh, you, uh, you know, I don't to... think that they do know anybody who makes comedy. <laughs> I've, we've never spoken right. to anybody who, who's looking That's for funny. comedy. And anytime they are talking to someone who brings up comedy, they steer the subject away. I think they really don't like comedy. That's so funny. Then why did you show them a comedy? Or did you not know that at that time? That's all I have. I, I've, been, I've spent the last wow. 10 years writing comedy. So, uh, yeah, so because of that experience for the last year, I've been transitioning out of writing comedy, and uh, that includes starting some of my own ideas. You know, I have ideas that aren't comedy. I just never wrote them because I was concentrating on comedy. Right. Um, am I boring you? No, I'm just <laughs> no, <I'm> tired. <laughs> it's late. It's late. Yeah. Um, are, we're, are, how are we doing on time? 
we have three minutes. So, oh no. Um, yeah. So basically, uh, just finish the story about what you're writing now. So are you writing something that you think that you could show them in six months or something, or are you like kind of done with that? Well, I've got this great horror TV series based on a short film that a friend of mine made. Called Brother. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> so would would that be something that you would show no, them no, eventually? It, no, no, it's not. It's not. I, I'm working on a couple of things that may that I may show them. Um, but I'm, I'm thinking I'm just, just going to have to get something made outside of the company and, uh, impress. Right. Them. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, but you feel like if you did finish that script or you had a script that you did actually felt like it was in line with, they were looking for at the moment that you would just, you would show it to them. Oh yeah. Oh, I'd show it to them with no expectation of course. Right. I mean, I'm sure it'd be a lot easier now after gone, going through that process where they looked at something and they gave you a very like frank and curt response. <laughs> yeah, of course. Now now you can be like, oh, "Okay, well, I'll show them this and I'm not going to expect anything out of it and right. whatever." Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Wow, cool. Well, I have a lot more questions for you, but um yeah, so I guess the last thing we have very little little amount of time, but yeah, we're gonna have to you, record more. Do you do you think that you will you'll continue your life as an assistant after this job, or do you think you're just gonna be at this job for as long as I'll have you? I hope not. On, yeah, you know, my plan is to just stay at this job until I become a writer, until I transition oh. into a professional writer full time. Until until you get. I've a been getting more show. and more writing work and acting work, kind of on the side. I'm kind of hoping yeah. that it just becomes like my regular. It takes over, you know. Yeah, we didn't really talk about that at all, but I mean. No, you know, you mentioned you know writing for Superpowered Beatdown, but you just had a new one come out with that series. Uh, well, Super Horror Beatdown for Halloween, yeah, which I right. acted in also and co-wrote. Yeah, I watched it on Halloween. It was very good. Oh, thanks, good job, man. man. Yeah, your death was great, and I thought the kills were awesome. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Buddy. And it must have been really fun to write for the Joker. I was thinking like, it was. That must have been it was. Don't tell sick. Aaron that I told you this, but I kind of directed him while he was being the Joker. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. Because oh, Aaron wasn't there, or Aaron's the Joker. Oh, Aaron is the Joker. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, good job on Aaron. That was that was pretty he's great. great. He's great. He's an amazing Joker. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, uh, you know, I think we have to do another episode at some point, talk more about some other things with you. <laughs> we didn't really get into the minutia. No, we didn't get into, like, your career hustling and how good you are at making things happen. I mean, and you, if you guys look at Kellerman's IMDb list and, you know, his website and you see all the work that he's done, it's, like, it's really impressive. Oh, so Just make stuff, guys. That's my only... Yeah. I mean, it hasn't gotten me that far yet, but I believe one day it will, you know. <laughs> Absolutely. You gotta have faith. That's what this podcast's all about right it's hard but you do it anyway absolutely absolutely all right so let's start the outro to see if you can get it done oh uh i don't have the thing up you're gonna have to do it thanks everyone for listening and thanks uh kellerman for a great fucking episode um, hey thank you for letting me rec- co-host slash hell yeah guest i hope i was entertaining or interesting or something yeah, great. Well, if you want to do another one, we should do another one. Let's do another um, one because we've done two. We I didn't even like get we... into like the real nitty gritty of like no making no. stuff. Totally. Well, you should find a guest that we can talk to that about. You know, talk to them about making stuff, and then we can include some of your hustling stuff in there too. Yeah, and then I'll take over their whole interview. And basically, yeah, that's your <laughs> job. Gotta take it over, man. Um, but yeah, ch- check out Kellerman's work. We'll have a, a, a you know, email address, not email address. We'll have a website for your stuff. <laughs> and yeah, where can people find you? Do you have a, do you have your personal website? Yeah. You well, I have a page? YouTube. You can, you can look at youtube.com slash Kellerman comedy. That's comedy with a K. Uh, I'm also Kellerman writes a lot on Instagram where I post a lot of stuff. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I'm Kellerman comedy on Twitter. 
Nice. Find me on Facebook. Find you know. Find me on all the socials. Let's let's talk movies. Yeah, man. You're very active. Um, you know. Yeah, um, I love collaborating um, with new people. That's like my main thing. Yeah, totally. And uh, yeah, you even do some live recordings on Instagram or Twitter or whatever that was. And sure, I've got cast. a little bit. I have a tiny little eensy weensy fan base that was created yeah. during a time when I was making a show called Kellerman Hates Fruit. Because oh, yeah. I don't eat mm-hmm. fruit, and we made a show where I tried all the fruits to prove and I then don't eat fruit. Then you had your the other the sequel, Lewis. Right. Hates well, liquor, that spawned right? off into Lewis hates liquor because Lewis doesn't hate Lewis hates liquor, and we thought that that was a little bit more. Uh, That's funny. Identifiable people people identify he, so with that more than does he not drink at all? Or? No, he he doesn't drink at all. Oh wow, so he's afraid of throwing drink. up, so he does doesn't do anything that could wow. possibly ever make him throw up. Wow. So Which that's kind of funny that that you made him drink when he hates it. It's kind of it seems almost cruel. Well, he, well, we knew he wasn't gonna throw up, <laughs> right? Uh, so it was just a matter of like, you know, could we find one that maybe he likes the flavor of? Of course, as a twenty-five-year-old man who had never had a sip of alcohol, wow. we we did not find many that he could that's tolerate. So funny, that's hilarious. Yeah. Something comfort. Uh, you know, what's the other one called? Southern Comfort? Yes. I like Southern Comfort. I mean... <laughs> oh, um, Malibu? The rum? Malibu. Well, no? Coconut no. rum? No? Is good? Uh, oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> all right. Well, here, let me finish the outro yeah, right, here. Right, but right, yeah, but you can you can check out all Alex's yeah, stuff. Yeah, check he's out got, all my stuff. Two shows. He's got the, the the roommate show. He's got a bunch of great short films. He's got a bunch of great things. Uh, you know, especially for the nerds out there, like the superpower beatdowns are really fun. Uh, don't you play Deadpool or Ant Man? I was Ant Man in the waiting room. We haven't we Ant-Man, haven't made a yeah. superpower beatdown with Ant Man yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the waiting room. Yeah, so <laughs> that's that's pretty cool too. Yeah, I like that there. one. Thanks, buddy. Um, yeah, man. So, uh, but now, after you've checked out all Kellerman stuff, you can check out our website at <laughs> makingmoviesishard.com, where you can find links to the things we talked about on this episode, including some of the movies and shows that uh, Kellerman worked on early on, and, you know, all his work, of course. If you want to get in contact with us, you can send an email to podcast at makingmoviesishard.com, or you can find us on Twitter and Facebook at MMIH Podcast. And please, if you like the show, tell a friend, spread the word, leave a review. Leave a review on iTunes or Stitcher. And Alex, thank you again, man, for a fantastic show. Yeah, of course. Been listening to the show since episode one. It's fun to Dude. bring it full circle and, and host a bit. Yeah, man. I, I think it's wonderful that you, we met you through the show. We've become friends. Yeah. We've collaborated on things. We're working together on stuff. Yeah. Uh, you know, every time I'm in L.A., we try to, you know, get a slice of pie or <laughs> yeah. whatever. Just meet up. And it's wonderful. So Everybody, I mean, leave a comment and request to have Kellerman back on the show. Yeah, please. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, what about the Facebook group? There's a Facebook group for the oh, show, Oh, yeah, yeah. Indie Facebook community? Something what? like indie, that. Indie <laughs> filmmaker community. Indie I'm, filmmaker we're community. We're in there, too. Yeah. Talk to us. Yeah. Yes, indeed. All right, th- this is going to end in okay. four seconds. Right. So talk to you guys next week. Bye.